Hey, 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 welcome to the fourth season of Activate, a podcast consisting of purposeful conversations aimed at encouraging listeners to embrace both the beauty and chaos of life. Through laughter, tears, and brutally honest confessions, each episode will culminate with a call to action, offering tangible ways for listeners to not only strive for, but to become the best version of themselves. I'm Steph. And I'm KB. Steph is a certified holistic wellness and gut health specialist who has dedicated 10 years of her life to building multiple six-figure businesses online. And KB is a former network marketing hater turned top leader in her industry. She is a certified life coach helping women to get unstuck from the same chains that once held her back. Together, we have built a thriving business by helping incredible women just like you level up in their health and wealth, all while staying rooted in Christ. Thank you for being here. Let's do this. Hello, friend. Oh, hi. <laughs> I, you look like me. Typically, I have the blankie. And <laughs> no sense because you live in Florida, but it is a cold and rainy day in Virginia today. Oh, my gosh. Like, I can't get warm. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, and it was rainy here this morning. It's still a little bit rainy. And I, I say this often, but whenever it's cloudy or a little bit rainy here in Florida, like, everybody's completely thrown off. You know what I mean? Right. Like everybody's energy is like shut off. And I'm like, man, you guys would never survive in the North. Anywhere else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> at all, at all. Yay. All right. Well, we're recording for the second time this week. And I'm excited for this one. And I, this is something that I talk to, I guess, a lot of women about. And I wanted to kind of do a podcast on this for a while. Um, but it really was then when you did a post the other day about Jonathan that was like, okay, we got to talk about like, it. It's just like not even necessarily, I, I don't know. I think for me for so, so long, I was such a masculine female, right? right? And just like trying to control everything and, you know, doing everything obviously completely backwards from what we, we know as believers is like the hierarchy and how things are supposed to happen. And so now being in a new relationship that is a godly relationship and having a man that does lead and that loves the Lord so intentionally too, so that he can love me properly. Um, it's just really been an awesome, another like transformation for me and just how differently I will do things. And I just think it's amazing whenever either of us can show up and just be real vulnerable about that kind of stuff. So I was just was really proud of you for like making a post. And I know it's something that you're constantly working on too. And, you know, the thing I, the thing that I am convicted of the most, and I'll read the post. All right, guys, before we get in the episode, I just want to talk to you about NUX Activewear. Work hard, play hard, and slay through the sweat with NUX Active. NUX Active is high performance activewear that doesn't compromise on the chic. Located in Los Angeles, their diverse women-operated team oversees every meticulous detail of the design process, from the first stitch to the last shipment. They channel Positive Planet vibes through a commitment to using the best organic fabrics and recycled materials as much as possible. NUX Active is active fashion that flexes and fits like a buttery second skin. Power through Pilates, dare to reach your hit goals, and strive for that extra rep in NUX Active. Run, don't walk over to NUXactive.com. That's N-U-X-A-C-T-I-V-E.com to check out the latest collection and energizing colorways. As a gift to you, take 20% off your purchase with promo code ACTIVATE20 at checkout. That's ACTIVATE with a K, 20 at checkout. Make positive moves with NUX Active. 
I said, I've been convicted over the way I show up as a wife for a long time. My husband definitely gets the worst of me at times, more than I'd like to admit, actually. I make excuses for my behavior, but the truth is it's unacceptable. I have personal standards in my fitness, in my nutrition, in my parenting, in my faith, in my other relationships, but for some reason, I've let my standards slide when it comes to how I show up as a wife. I'm rude, unforgiving, disrespectful, judgmental, harsh, and just generally unloving and unkind. I've spoken with counselors about this over the years, gotten some coaching and prayed and prayed, but nothing changed. I think Jonathan makes me feel so safe and secure that I've become comfortable with giving him less than what he deserves by a long shot. Just recently, the conviction was pressing me again, and God gave me something as I prayed. The way I show up as a wife should be based on the standard I have for myself. What kind of wife do I want to be? I literally wrote down what I wanted my personal standard in marriage to look like. I want to treat my husband with respect and kindness. I want to show him love in the way that God expects me to love him, simply because I won't accept anything less from myself. Living up to this standard is my personal responsibility and anything my husband does or says should not, will not cause me to deviate from how I have decided I will show up. Nothing about living up to my personal standard depends on the words or actions of anyone else. This can apply to any area of your life that you're struggling with. Have you quit working out? Write down your new personal standard for fitness and start showing up immediately despite any outside influence or circumstance. Are you struggling with parenting during a particularly difficult stage? How would the mom you want to be show up even when it's hard? Write it down and don't accept anything less than being her. And I got a lot of response to that because I think it's very relatable, sadly, that women, um, you know, I, I think it's it makes sense that you kind of just feel so safe to show up as the crappiest version of you because you know your husband's going to love you no matter what, or I hope that you know that. Um and that's definitely it for me. Like I said in my stories, like he never like yells at me or puts me in my place, which I would need probably sometimes because it's just he allows me to be rotten sometimes. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and I just I just push it, you know, I just push it and push it and push it. And I again, I feel convicted of this all the time because it's the one place in my life where I show up the worst. Mm hmm. And I think like the whole part of it is like show is is you're saying like showing up like totally as you are. And a lot of what that means is like the most broken parts sometimes. Right. Like, right. Or like the parts maybe that I was for me, I know it was like parts that I was unhealed or the parts where I wasn't being led in a godly relationship. And so ironically, yesterday in the Bible study that we were doing, I just wanted to read this too, um, because it's how you're saying like, you know, the standard that you have for yourself, but really also like, here's what it's supposed to be. Um, it's saying, how do you make it all happen? The source. What is the source? All right. So what is your inner source of love, respect, humility, commitment, joy, and willingness to submit and sacrifice? Let's be real. The Bible set us some really high standards for marriage. Um, good intentions and the old college try just aren't going to cut it. What if you give your guests best and fail? What if it's just not in you? Um, and then it says, for some people, I have good news and for some bad news. The bad news is it's not in you, at least not in your flesh. The good news is there's still hope. What you need is spirit, not your spirit, but God's spirit. Um, and then it says like Galatians 5, right? Verse 22, but the fruit of spirit is joy, love, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So it's saying like, what if you had all of those things? 
in your in your covenant, your uh, marriage. Um, imagine it. Both of you full of love and joy, loving each other and enjoying life together, at peace with yourself and your spouse, always patient and understanding, not keeping track of wrongdoings, but just plain good to each other. And kind, like thoughtful and generous. And faithful, which means always loyal and true to each other. And gentle, that's not strong, but safe, never harsh. And when you do think of something mean or cruel to say, having the self-control to hold it back. That sounds like a really good marriage. I mean, if you just had those, you'd be all set. And it's really simple. It's all in the spirit. Now, of course, we know it's not that simple. But for me um, personally and Jay, like not to put out a bunch of our like, you know, but for him and I both, we always were very defensive in our previous relationships. And so we have taken the time to really get to know each other. We've had some things where we really sit back and like, make sure that we talk over everything. We talk two very different languages. You know, in the beginning, I just was like, oh my God, we're so in love. And like, it's so great. And he would always say like, baby, it's promised in the Bible. It's not always going to be great. And I'm like, no, that's not true. Well, no, it's it's a promise in the Bible. It's not always going to be that way. So, you know, I have had to really, really learn how to control how I react, how to control my tongue, how I I just also know because I've my best defense in all of my life was my words. People could hurt me in any other way, but nobody would ever win against me in words. Right. And so just to say like, I, because I know how harshly I can literally sit somebody down with my words. Um, that has been something that to this date, right? Almost nine months in, that's a really long time when it comes to like being intentional. You know, I really haven't said anything out of character. I, I don't, I have not said anything that I have been like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have said that. You know what I mean? To apologize. That was not okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. And again, I am far from perfect and it's, it's a, it's a lot of work, but I just love that. Like you shared that and cause you are also doing the work. So I want like anyone that's listening that maybe they saw that post, like it's work and it gets very easy to get comfortable. Like you're saying in that spot and showing up just as you are, cause you know how much Jonathan loves you and you know, all of those things, but like, it's well, just, it's crazy how often, <laughs> I mean, there's been times since I made that post where I'm just like, you know, irritated and I catch myself and there are still times where I'm like, no, I'm going to decide to say what I want to say right now, even though like I know, but so yes, it's work. It's so much work, but don't you think culture or I know you think like culture is teaching women that we're supposed to be like, we're Mm -hmm. equal to men, almost like we're supposed to be men. And that just isn't the case. We're not supposed to be men. We each have our roles and we have different energies and our energies are meant to, you know, um, complement each other, not like, like, um, you know, butt up against each other. We're not both supposed to be the man in the relationship. We're not both supposed to lead. And it has nothing to do with like submission in the Bible has nothing to do with being lesser than the other person. Like, I think you just really have to understand that, that those verses get taken out of context all the time. Oh, yeah. That's not what it means. God does no. not think we're the weaker, lesser sex. No. Right. Um, so I think that that's so important uh, just to be aware of. And, 
Yeah, like it's everywhere. Women, you know, I was just reading this thing and it was talking about um, the differences in our energy because you had mentioned like masculine energy, right? And it said, while feminism has done some great things for us, uh, debatable, the obsession with women being just as capable as men comes with its costs. Encouraging women to focus firstly on being high achievers and dominant in their careers has also made women quite domineering with a tendency to castrate a man with a single look. And isn't that so true? Um, You know, you don't need to be a ball breaker. Um, some women think it's cool to be like this and it's not, it destroys the virility and spirit of a man. It emasculates them. Right. Um, it's just become like this thing to like be so proud of almost when it's exactly the opposite of what God wants for us in our relationships. And those are just walls. Like that was me. Like I am woman, hear me roar. Um, One thing about that, though, is that like I wasn't out here saying like I don't need a man. I don't I knew what I needed. (laughs) I knew what God was promising me and what you know what I'm saying. Um, And I sent you this the other day. There's a guy on um, Instagram that I really, really have just loved um, following. He does. He says about like the, the feminine male and masculine female and vice versa. Um, it's underscore Jake Woodward. Um, it just says, this is going to be hard for some of y'all to hear a strong masculine man is not looking to date a strong masculine woman. Yeah. It used to be funny because like men, strong masculine men would say like, you're intimidating. And all of that meant was that I was actually a threat to their ma- to their masculinity. Yeah. I didn't want them to be in charge. I didn't want, I wanted to be the boss or what really it meant was, yes, I actually did want to be loved, but I was so afraid that I was going to yeah. get hurt. And so I yeah. never actually gave the chance to let, to be loved properly. Cause I was always assuming, right? Like, or I was, I mean, look at what society is doing. Now we have men on magazines and walking down runways wearing skirts and dresses and like Harry Styles, you know, they're painting their fingernails. They're doing all of this feminine stuff, wearing jewelry and pearls around their neck. And, um, you know, it's just like what is happening and you have to, it's just one of those things, like everything else, you have to question it. Why is this what they're doing to us? Like, obviously this is not for our good that we don't, we don't need feminine men. We need more masculine men. Jonathan says all the time, like if this next generation, if we go to war and these are the men fighting for us, we're dead. Like we're, we're screwed because, you know, we're not teaching any accountability. I made that post about school, you know, absences and whatnot yesterday. And the, the main pushback I got from anyone was teachers Um, saying that kids need to be in school where we value experiences more so. Um, But one of them was saying, um, you know, I worry about when parents don't hold their kids accountable to show up at school, like that they have no accountability and no work ethic in life. And I was like, honestly, what we've seen is the opposite, (laughs) where school is allowing them to not have any accountability, not have any work ethic. They can turn every assignment in whenever they feel like it. They can talk to teachers however they want to talk to them. And that's not the teacher. That's administration. That's going way up higher than the teachers. But, um, you know, our, our two, two of our older kids, like it is insane. Like they never go to school. They turn everything in on the last day of the semester or maybe even after that. And there's no repercussions. It's 
perfectly fine. And I think a lot of it was with COVID, like everything just got like, everything kind of just got thrown in like whatever goes. And now the teachers have superiority over parents because everybody wants this whole agenda to be pushed through. And we don't want to tell people like, no, you actually can't decide what your pronouns are and all of these things. And for those of you who don't agree with us, like here's what's happening is causing confusion. It's already confusing enough. So where I see that there was this huge movement of women, a like choosing sobriety, right. Of women going through therapy, because that was not a thing that was like highly looked upon. Right. It was almost like a a bad thing. If you saw people getting help and getting therapy and getting stronger. And so you start to see this big shift of people wanting to get better. We know that there needs to be men in the family, you know, like we know all of these things. Um, and now kids need dads too. That's like a a, epidemic, uh, you know, of, you know, especially like these inner city kids and all of this, like not having a dad in the house. And then the mom has to somehow show up and teach the men to be boys, to be men. And we don't, we don't have that and we shouldn't, we're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, so having strong men in your kids' lives is so, so important. You know, I think that we don't place enough, um, credibility on how important that is. And maybe we do. I mean, we do. Um, But I think some people just don't. And that's not to say that if you're a single mom and you don't have that in your life that, you know, you know, your kid's never going to make it. But you can also seek those people out in your community, at your church, like seek out strong men to be role models for your children. Role models, mentor. Um, Yeah, we're certainly not saying like, please don't get me wrong. Like we're not saying um, run out and find a man because you need a man. That's not what we're saying, right? Um, I think it's really important. And I know so many single moms that are incredible. And I was an incredible single mom. And I'm technically, quote, still single. However, However, like I have somebody that is willing to take the time to, it is so important to know this for those of you that are believers, it starts with loving God first. Like you have to love the Lord because also the love, the Lord made you so perfectly in his image. And so for those of us that like don't love ourselves, right? We talk about that all the time. How can you show up to love yourself? You know, that's, that's a requirement from God. You are supposed to love yourself. Well, not loving yourself means you don't love God because he is in you. He lives in you. you. This with Nikki. I mean, the Holy Spirit lives in you, right? So you saying, I hate myself and whatever, then that's saying you hate God, right? Like, and you believe that he did not do a good job of creating you or that he's lying about who he says you are. You know, that's like, you know, that's completely 100% against what, your faith should be telling you. And for single moms of boys, like, you know, putting down their dads or bashing them, even if they've got up and walked out of their life. Now you're basically teaching your sons that men are garbage, right? Like if you have this whole thing of like, I can do everything on my own and I am woman, hear me roar. And I don't need a man. um, You're basically prepping your sons to know or to think that a woman never going to need them. No one needs Never going to be allowed to lead a family the way that they should. And so you got to really be careful. This is really funny to me because you were just the exact opposite before. Uh, 
You were the leader. I mean, you were, you were the man in the relationship. You were in charge of everything. You were the masculine energy. You were shutting people down with your words and with a look and whatever, castrating a man with a single word. Literally. Yeah, I mean, it just is. It's intimidating. Yeah, incredible to see how how much you've changed because of your faith and because of what you've learned oh, about man. who God has created you to be and who God wants you to be. You know, I was thinking I've talked on here before about like our wedding. I could remember the pastor saying, "Close your eyes and see these words on the inside of your eyelids." And I was supposed to. I couldn't remember what I was supposed to see, but I knew Jonathan was supposed to cherish me. And I remember Do we that. Still know years. what it is. Respect. <laughs> respect. Yeah, we figured it out after years. Like I'm like. Come, come. <laughs> The number one need that a man just needs too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Respect. Um, Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I I think this is so just important and it's not just, you know, a woman's masculine energy. It's like all these things that we're talking about, you know, like kids at school and just to like bring it back to that, you know, and I, I, I really do hate to be political. I wish that we could just all get along and we could find some kind of middle ground. But like when I Google what percentage of teachers are liberal, the number is high. But one study linked below has found that 97% of all high school teachers and 99% of health teachers are liberal with the overall percentage being 87% who vote Democrat. So that's who's teaching your children. And if you're looking at what liberals and the Democrats believe right now, and it is so far from the truth that God has shown us, those are the people like indoctrinating and giving your children permission to make these life-changing decisions on their own. Washington passed this thing where you can have your children taken away from you if you don't let them get get a sex change. Right. And like you have no information on your child. You don't know where they are. They're taken to live in these homes and they're allowed to get these surgeries. And like that is satanic. It's very scary because, again, um, you know, the the number of adults that have had these surgeries, um, I think it's something like 80 or 90 percent regret having it adults. And it's because of how it ruins your body. Um, maybe they still believe they wanted to have the surgery to change their sex or whatever. Um, however, I'm saying what it's doing to their body um, physically, emotionally, um, <laughs> mentally. Um, and, you know, the whole um, allowing men to be in women's sports and that whole thing. And if you don't know what's going on with this, it's that's you need to know what's going on. Um, zero Democrats voted for that to be, <laughs> you know, um, a law. So basically everybody wants it to look like this. Like everyone, let's just let everyone do what they want to do. And why it's can't we just let the girls? It's not about, it's not what it's about. It's not about accepting yeah. everyone. We, it's not about everyone. accepting. It's about the safety of your children, emotionally, physically, mentally. Now you have men, grown men coming to box a female, beating the crap out of a female in the ring, a man that couldn't win at a swim sport for the last three years decides now to be a woman and to annihilate these women who have given their entire career to be the best as a woman swimmer. Like, I I just don't understand how, how this is not like an obvious thing. Like it, okay. Can little girls play flag football on the boys team? Yes. Cool. But little girls are not stronger than little boys. Like, 
it, it, it just, it doesn't make sense to me. Like men's bodies are different than women's bodies. On period. purpose. On purpose. <laughs> created on purpose. Like men are supposed to be able to protect their families. They're, they're made stronger on purpose. And just this, this, misinformation that we're supposed to be, you know, manly and strong and we don't need a man and men have no purpose or no place. Like it's just a scary place to be. And then not to mention that all these kids like that you're talking about, like they're losing their ability to reproduce, which is part Mm -hmm. of why we're here. Right. Part of, uh, I just, I don't know. It's all very terrifying. And it's like the devil has just been working overtime these last three years. And um, you got to look hard to see the good right now, but it's there if you look. And there are people like fighting the good fight. You know, it's not, it's not a total loss. Just like, I think if you're, because um, I see it so much on social media, you know, but you just got to look for the good guys, you know, the people that are speaking truth, questioning everything. And I think that I just learned more and more and more and more and more. You literally have to question everything. Like I was listening to a podcast about the whole Tucker Carlson thing, you know, and it's, you can't trust, I mean, you're a Republican just because you don't like CNN, you can't trust Fox news. You know, it's just like, you can't turn on that channel and be like, okay, this is where I'm going to learn what to believe. uh, It was actually, he was talking about how like, um, you know, like he's in the sports nutrition industry and how everyone assumes that every, all the CEOs of these businesses hate each other. And he's like, we're all friends, man. He's like, it's the exact same thing in politics. It's the exact same thing. They're all friends. They're all doing, you know, they're all working the same, you know, narrative and they have the same, they're all paid for the same same outcome for the most part. Like they want something bad. No, those people want, want something bad. Like these, they're being paid by these, you know, Oh yeah. The big billionaire families that have been in control for, you know, decades. Um, so I, I don't, it's just, I don't know. Just don't, um, don't take anything. Yeah. For what it is. Don't just repost because you saw it on TikTok or whatever. Like, you got to know what I'm you're doing. I'm very guilty of that. Or I have been very guilty of that. Like, Jonathan would be like, where did you hear that? And I just don't want to say. <laughs> Instagram. I'm like, why? Do look it up. Because you do have to be so careful. Um, and knowing that you're being targeted a hundred percent, you're being targeted. My phone is listening to me talk about this right now. So when I pick it up in a few minutes, it's going to show everything I want to see. Um, you know, so you got to be careful of that too. And that's, again, you can't, you can't trust anything except the Bible. Yeah. That's where the truth lies, you know? (laughs) Thank God. I wanted to read, this was another thing from Jake Woodward. Um, so just to kind of go back, because again, I don't want to, you know, any of you single moms out there, you know, um, okay. It says a woman living in survival or hustle mode. And this has to do with me and what you said too. Like, Holy cow, where, who is this woman? Um, before I read this first and foremost, it's because I knew two things I've known for sure in my entire lifetime. One was that I was going to be an amazing mom. So even when I was making very bad decisions, getting hammered, doing selling drugs, all of those things. Like I knew like, okay, but once I'm a mom, like I knew that was one of my promises from God. And the second, um, was that my, my person, my partner, my forever person, man, godly man is out there. 
Like I knew that very, very, very specifically. And so when God hands you the things that you have been praying for, and and I want to say this again, very clearly, because I say it in my class all the time, like, you know, the things that you, the things that are on your mind are not the things that are on my mind. They were planted there for a reason. God is pursuing you on those things. And so are you hearing? Are you listening? And then are you praying? Are you discerning? Do you know the difference? Right? So me being that very masculine female was because I felt very (laughs) not secure. Right? Um, So this is what it says about it. So a woman living in survival or hustle mode. Hello, me, work, 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 be the best in my industry, make all the money, Um, it's likely to repel masculine men and attract passive men. For full disclaimer, I completely understand the level of burnout that most women are experiencing because our world doesn't support a woman's femininity. However, if we don't shift from this hyper-masculine way of being, we will end up with a world full of cold and robotic women. Signs of living in survival mode as a woman, controlling, guarded, overworking, anxious, burned out, disconnected from her pleasure, attracting passive men, damaged inner masculine energy. Not only does she struggle to call in healthy masculine man, but she's also likely to attract men that are more feminine than she is. This will aggravate her nervous system. I've been on here before to talk about that, right? The reason why I'm so completely different now is because I feel safe, because I have a masculine man who allows me, remember when I wrote, what, what did I write? Feminine? What yeah. was it? The thing that I wrote that even none, neither of us could believe. I mean, now it, now it feels like, yeah, I am feminine, which is so weird. Right. Um, but when I wrote that post that day, it felt like I could barely even type the word out. You know what I mean? sure. And I did. I My nervous system had to relearn everything because now I'm safe and feminine because I have the masculine man, right? Right, right. This will aggravate her nervous system because she won't feel safe with his lack of protection and leadership. Passive men equal her feeling unsafe, okay? Feminine women crave that strong masculine presence, but if she's living in survival or work mode, she's repelling that energy with her excessive masculine. So think of it like magnets, opposing energies attract, right? Um, and the same way with attracting a mate to com- to complement your energy. So are you struggling to call in healthy masculine man because you're leading with too much masculine energy? Or do you not know what to look for in this world full of weak and imposter men? Okay. So uh, anyways, he just, I, it shows like a skeleton. This is funny. It says waiting for a man that embodies healthy masculinity, but realizing I need to also heal my masculine shield. Like in a nutshell, again, the reason why I can talk about this so boldly and confidently now is because I, that was me. (laughs) Right. Through and through, everyone knew, you know. Right. Like, yes, yes, definitely. That was a thing. Like, you even would say, like, oh, my God, wait, they said that to you? Like, <laughs> you know? For them, yeah. <laughs> and even Jay checked me because I have this situation where I, I keep saying, I just won't sit at a table where I know when I get up, I'll be the top of a cup of conversation. Yeah. And so I was in my car eating, and I was on the phone with Jay, and he said, well, baby, what would Jesus do? And I was like, baby <laughs> how rude <laughs> you know what I mean like but it just it's it is wild um and I just think too 
it's beautiful, like what's happening in your family and for your family. And, you know, again, like God doesn't want you guys standing together at church and, you know, breeding and praying. And I shared, we did talk about this before I shared this specific, um, um, plan from the YouVersion Bible app. Um, so if any of you are looking, this can also be if you're searching for a godly relationship too. Um, there's a lot of great things in this series. Um, it's called Through the Word. Um, they have like a podcast and all of these things, but it's called the Marriage Talks. And so there's numerous different parts. All of them are number of days long. But one thing that you said, um, you know, was a, that like men are supposed to be respected, but so are women. And so I love how, um, in the Bible, you also said a lot of these things get taken out of text because you don't read the whole thing or you don't know the whole thing. You don't follow it through. You don't study it. Um, but it doesn't say that men are, that we're less equal than men. And in fact, it's the opposite. And in fact, men have a very, um, pressing job, if you will, like they are supposed to love their wife as Jesus loves the church. I mean, talk about a responsibility. Yeah. That's, that's I think a- about that with my boys. Like they have a lot of pressure on them to do all the things that men are supposed to do like that. And, you know, just being financially responsible provider and a leader, like that's a lot. And we have to raise them to be able to handle that pressure and to be able to provide that for their families. Like we can't just have, whiny little, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's Uh interesting what you see out there in the world and what kind of the way men seem to be showing up. And this is not bashing men because there are so many amazing, strong men out there, um, you know, leading the charge to like not allow themselves to become extinct in this crazy like culture that we're living in, you know? And again, you just got to look for them, seek them out, get them to be role models for your children figure out like, who are the people coaching my kids? What are the teachers teaching my children? Like, you know, just being really, um, you know, I'll say that some of the single mamas that I know that were single, they chose to stay single so that they could really pour into their son specifically a really good friend of mine, um, back home. Um, actually a couple of them. And that was a thing is they, their children were in sports and they are now actually both of these women in particular that I'm thinking of, their children are pillars in the community because they were put into these sports with these incredible coaches that have taught them how to, to be a man. And, you know, it's recognizing paying attention to who your children are friends with too. And what are their families like, and what are their parents teaching them? Because that's huge. And, you know, in that school text or post yesterday, like it's just so many people, you know, it's like, have you prayed on homeschooling? And it's like, that is a very real thing right now. If you do not want your children learning the ways of the world that are being so easily accepted into like, like you can't talk about God at school, but you can talk about changing your gender. That's what school's for. Like, no, that's not what school's for. You know, if we can't do one, but we can do the other, like there's an agenda there. It says like, I saw a thing saying like the only thing that my third grade boy should know is that girls have cooties. You know what I mean? Like too. Yes. The only uh, thing they should know about sex is that (laughs) girls have cooties. Yeah. That's what it's doing is now it's also pushing sexualizing our kids. It's teaching these kids. Um, I know numerous 
people that uh, a friend of mine here, her, her daughter goes to an all girls school. They were thinking that was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And now the daughter's being bullied because she's not bisexual. Like, why are we talking about sex in sixth grade? Um, so that's what it is. Um, bringing kids to drag shows. Like you don't bring your son to the strip club because it's for adults. Like it, it's just, you know, and, and Satan worshiping parties now. And, you know, I mean, it's, there's a, a lot going on that, you know, people just want to be angry. And I still find, unfortunately, that people just get angry with us. You don't, they don't want to have conversations. Um, and, and we don't get angry and up in arms and whatever, when we're trying to have a conversation with somebody that has opposite beliefs. Um, and that's weird to me. Like, why are you so triggered? Um, and I think it's because we've done so much of our own thinking and research and digging and trying to find what the actual laws are saying. And, um, you know, what, what, what things have already happened to people that have already gone through these procedures and changes and what that does. And, you know, it's just, I think we have to acknowledge that there are people out there who love someone who is going through something like this and their immediate thought is that I have to stand up for that person because I love them so much. Maybe it's their child thinking that they're a different gender, like, and to be put in that position and to have all this fear about what that means for your child, what it means for their life going forward, like the bullying, the, what if they make this big decision and it's not right? Like, so I think people, that's part of the trigger is that they love someone who is struggling with this. And I've said before, like, I can't imagine if I was in that and how hard and, you know, how difficult and scary that would be. So I do think that that's where a lot of it comes from is fear for somebody that you love, you know, but we were talking about this, like confusion does not come from God. Confusion is from the devil. Like Satan wants us all to be confused. And so, you know, if you're confused about your gender, that is not from God, that is from Satan. And so you have to just keep that in mind when you're presented with these situations and it's not like, Yes, we love people where they are, but we also share truth with them. You know, you can't be you can't like be disillusioned like the person because then you're unable to help them as well. Yeah, it's it's just um, it shouldn't be what's the focus at school. Um, No, for sure. I mean, there's you, you guys, there's literally litter boxes in bathrooms now. Kids don't have like you said before, in these states, um, children can just go to their teacher and say, well, my mom won't accept me that I want to be a different sex today. So take me out of my home. That should frighten the daylights out of you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Your kid gets mad at you one day and now you have no control, but because this is what everybody says we should be doing right now. And they're, I mean, coddling, they're coddling these kids and that feels so good to them, you know, so they want that. They're looking for that attention. Yeah. Um, I saw, did you see on Twitter, which we've gotten so far off topic, but on Twitter that um, someone posted the flag that they had designed for minor attracted people and Elon oh, yeah. immediately um, shut it down, said that won't be stood for on this platform or whatever, or not allowed here, basically. He's terrible. Um, minor attracted people. Minor attracted. Thing. That is absolutely mm-hmm. not something that will ever be accepted. Like, you know, parents will, you will be put on the, I don't know, whatever. In California, it's, they are literally writing laws that like sodomy. So raping children in the rear is like, 
okay, um, what is happening? Well, it's giving kids the ability to choose. What is it called? Um, to consent children. To consent to sex with a yeah, adult. An adult. Um, yeah. It is, it is very scary, but okay. So let's just bring this back to um, women who feel a little topic. But the Bible does tell us exactly what it looks like to be, it's like, it's called the Proverbs 31 woman, right? Like Proverbs 31 tells us um, basically what, what a godly woman looks like. And I'm just going to read, um, it's, there's 10 virtues of a Proverbs 31 woman. And number one is faith. She loves Jesus with all her heart. Number two is marriage. She is a faithful bride. Um, she respects her husband. She does him good all the days of her life. She is trustworthy. Um, but first and foremost, she is the bride of Christ. You do not need an earthly husband to be a virtuous woman. Mothering. She is a loving mother and her children call her blessed. Um, a, a virtuous woman teaches her children the ways of her father in heaven. She nurtures her children with the love of Christ, disciplines them with care and wisdom, and trains them in the way that they should go. Health. Uh, she takes care of her physical, mental, and spiritual health. A virtuous woman cares for her body. She prepares healthy food for her family. This is in the Bible. Um, service. She serves others with love and kindness. A virtuous woman serves her husband, her family, her friends, and her neighbors with a gentle and loving spirit. Did you hear that? Gentle and loving spirit. <laughs> yeah. uh, stewardship. She is a wise steward of the gifts God has given her. A virtuous woman spends money wisely. She is careful to purchase quality items which her family needs. We know yeah. money is a huge thing in the Bible, right? Um yeah. Industry. She is industrious and works with willing hands. Um, this one convicted me a little. A virtuous woman um, works willingly with her hands. She sings praises to God and does not grumble while completing her tasks. Mm-hmm. Homemaking. She is a good manager of her home. She creates mm-hmm. an inviting atmosphere of warmth and love for her family and guests. She uses hospitality to minister to those around her. Mm-hmm time. She spends her time on that, which is good. A virtuous woman uses her time wisely. She works diligently to complete her daily tasks. She does not spend time dwelling on those things that do not please the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then number 10 is beauty. She is, in, in, she is creative and embraces beauty and godliness. A virtuous woman is a woman of worth and beauty. She has the inner beauty that only comes from Christ. She uses her creativity and sense of style to create beauty in her life life, and the lives of her loved ones. These are the things that only women, yeah. you know, have been given um, the, the, the talents, the, the characteristics, the gifts <laughs> to, yeah. to be able to do. This is what we provide for the world. And it's just as important as the masculine role of being a provider and a cherisher, you know, like the things that God has called men to do. There is a, um, a major difference in our roles in the world and they're both equally important. Equally important. Yeah. This is one last thing too, that I had. Um, we read this out of another study that we did. Um, and this was about, you know, not 
marriage, but godly dating. Um, And it says again, as we see in Ephesians 5, our earthly romantic relationships are supposed to be a reflection of or a peek into our eternal relationship with our Savior. When I look at singles in the church today, I can't help but think that if we just got this right, if people put their selfish desires aside and began to pursue each other the way God desires, that change would be amazing. There would be a revival. There would be a great awakening. Single people would live on a mission. Godly marriages would be formed and disciples would be made in the home. Christianity would spread like wildfire into the culture that has grown so cold to it. We would change a generation and change the world just by choosing the way we date. Mm, Love it. Yeah. So good. I think this was great. Yeah, me too. All right, you guys. Well, you know, we get a little fired up here and there and uh, we thank you for being here and sharing. Um, do us, if you would leave us a review today, we, I know we don't ask all of the time, but, um, we would appreciate that. And we're just thankful for y'all being here. Yeah. And we have one more stronghold episode with Nikki next week. So make sure you turn, tune in for that. I think it's something in the occult. Um, yeah, so it'll be, if that doesn't pertain (laughs) to you, it turns out, I bet you, you will be surprised the conviction Um, you feel and how much you, you know, didn't realize what's going on in your life. So, um, pride and greed was last week and that was really, really powerful too. Yeah. Really powerful. So, okay, everybody, happy Monday. Thanks for tuning in. We love y'all. Later. Okay. That's a wrap on another episode of Activate. Stay up to date by following Steph underscore view and Kristen Lee Ballard on Instagram. Please share this episode and rate and review us today on iTunes. Thanks for being here. We love y'all. Later.